you know, the heartbeat of a godly person is the desire and responsibility to respect and reverence the things of God. You know, according to the Old Testament, a group of people failed to take God seriously. These ancient Hebrews, after being led out of the time they were spent in captivity, they were leading by God. You know, as they journeyed to Israel, they saw many miracles. God parted the water of the Red Sea, but he also destroyed the followers of the Egyptians that were following him. They drowned them in the Red Sea. And they had Moses leading them. They had so many things. God led them by a cloud of, during the day and a pillar of fire at night. He gave them manna to eat from heaven. He brought water from a rock. You know how hard that is to bring water from a rock? You know, only God can do that. No one else. God provided for them in so many ways that they, they were very privileged to have what they had. And in fact, what you would think with, with everything they had that they would always be the, the greatest spiritual people there were. But they weren't. They failed God so many times. They played around. They played with God. And they failed him. That's a dangerous thing to be doing. Playing with God. You know, Paul told us what happened to these people. Don't become idlers and idol worshipers as some of these people did. And this is written. The people sat down and ate and didn't and drank and got up and played. First Corinthians ten seven. You know, it sounded like a frat party. I you know, I wasn't into all that stuff in college, but I had a lot of friends that partied hardy. If it feels good, do it. And they were. You know, and these were some of the church people I knew. I was grew up with going to church and they were, you know, if it was you know, they did everything they wanted to do. They didn't care about what God said. You know, they just left it. You know, uh, this kind of sounds like today. You know, it's we've got all these churches all around us. We've got radio stations, Christian radio stations, Christian television, seminars. We have so much, so much Christian schools. You know, our churches should be overflowing with godly men and women. But are they? Look around. This church should be packed. Every church in Tyler should be packed with the godly people. But we're playing games with God. 
we're not trying to serve him. We don't give God what he needs. He needs us. Well, he really doesn't need us, but he wants to use us. In Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and be tested, You t- testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. First, we want to discuss, I want to discuss breaking bad habits and making them good habits. That's hard to do. I've got plenty of them. I've broken a few, but I've still got plenty. First step is to pray. And I don't just mean pray one time. I mean pray all the time. Now I think sometimes maybe people think I'm crazy because I'll be driving down the street praying. I don't close my eyes, of course, no. But I'm driving down the road and I'm praying. I used to drive a truck and I definitely had to pray every day because there were so many idiots trying to run me off the road. And I mean, I'm driving a truck and they're trying to run me off the road. In fact, I had an 18-wheeler that almost ran me off the road. And I thank God I wasn't carrying a gun because I probably would have ch- shot him. Well, that was back when I wasn't really living for God. The Apostle Paul was clearly sick of his sin when he wrote this letter to the Romans. I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. It's Romans 7, 19. He kept doing things he knew he didn't want to do. But that's the evil spirit that's in us. The flesh, the will that we have. Because we play with God. I had one bad habit that I got rid of finally. I got tired of spending money on it. You know, five, ten, fifteen dollars a day is kind of bad habit to have. I was dipping. I gave up smoking and all that other stuff, no problem. Dipping when I got hooked on that mess. And I a lot of y'all know Gary Easterling, who used to be a pharmacist down here at Chapel Hill. I had him pray for me. And I used the patch. I did whatever it took to get rid of that. But within a week, I had quit dipping. That's been over 20 years now. I've been around people. I know people that dip. I've got a lot of friends that dip. I have not been tempted once in that 20 years. God took it from me because I was sick of it. And that's what we have to get sick of, the sin, the evil that's in us, our bad habits. Step two, consider tomorrow. You know, uh, you know, a half gallon of chocolate ice cream sure does look good. Tastes good, too. But what are you going to feel like tomorrow after you eat a half gallon? You're not going to feel too good. I've been there. I've done it. You can tell. I like food. 
But, you know, physically, you're going to feel terrible. You're not going to be at your best. Our behaviors hold natural consequences. And it's by God's grace that he allows us to feel the weight of our sin. Now, you eat that half gallon of ice cream, you're going to feel pretty bad. God's going to get a hold of you, one way or the other. Next step, ask for help at that moment. God calls us to turn to him when we are weak. <clears throat> when our defenses are down. He wants us to call on him. Remember the power of his presence is in us that admit that our weak and our weaknesses part that's mixed up with 2 Corinthians 12:10. I kind of paraphrased a lot more than they paraphrased it, so another verse. God enjoys giving wisdom to those who seek who ask. That's James 1, 5. We need to turn our eyes upon him in our weak moments and seek his deliverance. We have to seek God. He's going to help us. He's not going to come and beg you, but he's there waiting. Fourth, Place it with the uh, replace it with a deeper joy. One of the best strategies is to change your behavior is to replace it. <clears throat> you know, if you're feeling bad, you know, you're upset, you know. Take a, kind of take a walk. That helps when you're frustrated and stressed. Don't eat a bag of potato chips. Eat a candy bar, drink a beer, whatever you do. Because that's not going to relieve any stress. But prayer, seeking God, that relieves all your stress. God has promised never to let us face temptation without providing a way out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God always provides a way. It's up to us to find that way. We have to look for it. We have to seek it. But God's given it to us. We just can open our eyes and see it. Next, fifth part, tell a friend. You know, bring your, your, your bad habits out into the open. I've got a good friend, Mark Kilby, that I've known for 40-some-odd years. We share everything. We tell each other all our problems because he's one person I can talk to. I have others, but he's one person I can talk to that's not going to condemn me, and I'm not going to condemn him for what he's done. But we help each other. We strengthen each other. We always need to seek that. 
Because when we do that, the Holy Spirit's ready to work in us and give us freedom. Give us the power. You know, a friend, a, a godly counselor, a pastor, people, someone you can trust. There's always somebody you can trust. That's not going to go, well, guess what Nelson did yesterday. That's not being a good friend. That's not being someone that cares about somebody else. God's desire is to see his children living in abundance and freedom from sin. John 10.10. 10. I'm giving quite a few verses. I need a new computer so I can do a, all that good stuff, on, put it on the screen and everything, but it's a little hard to do when you can't afford one. But, but I, I was, if I could have done it, I would have brought this illustration I like to do. You've got a sign over here that says bad. You've got one over here that says good. In the middle... You've got a vase sitting here, big vase. Well, that represents you and me. Then you pour this water, and there's got a, a sign behind it pointing to bad. But when you pour the Holy Spirit into you and live for you, that sign changes direction, and it does. When the Holy Spirit in you and you're seeking to serve him, let him lead you. Things are so much different because you'll want to go for the good. You'll quit seeking after the flesh. Now, it's still there. It's still temptation. But the Holy Spirit can give you the strength to decide to do good. But I'd have to have a table where I can turn it around so everybody can see it, so I don't have that. So That always makes it bad on things. That's good to do with children and stuff. I've... It's even good to do with adults. You know, we're just as bad as the kids because we've taught them to do wrong. They didn't learn it on their own. Here are some habits of a strong Christian that establish these good habits and keep you strong and protect you from the enemy and catapult you to victory. Habit number one. Feed your spirit. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. How do we feed the spirit? Simple. Read your Bible. Read your Bible every day. Every day, not whenever you want to. All the time. Seek Him. Do it. You know, a strong Christian knows one snack a week at Sunday morning church is not enough to carry you through. It won't carry you through the trials that are going to come that Christ tells you that are coming. You've got to be with God daily. John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace, and in the world ye shall have tribulations. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's Christ speaking. He overcame. 
everything. He was tempted. He was, went through the same things we go through. But he overcame them. We need, need a daily hot meal to make it. That means read your Bible every day, people. I'm guilty. I don't do it always. And I'm up here saying to do it. And I see, that's one of my faults, one of my failures, that I have to do it every day. Of course, this past week I was doing a lot of reading and studying, trying to get all this done. It's kind of tough, but sometimes. It's better than the time before I got called on one Sunday morning to preach in children's church. It's 7 o'clock on Sunday morning. So during Sunday school, I tried to write a sermon. You know how hard it is to write a sermon in a whole hour? You can't do it. I had a half a sheet of just a few notes, but the Lord spoke. Luckily, he did, because it sure wasn't me. That happened to me twice. And God took over, and he will. There was a time in the nursing home that God... I had a sermon written. I took two weeks. I wrote this sermon. I had a whole two weeks to do it. Saturday afternoon, God said, I want you to preach this. I said, God, it's tomorrow afternoon. i got to preach. He said, I want you to preach this. That is terrifying. <laughs> when God says, I want you to do something different. Next step, build your faith. David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. That's in First Samuel thirty-six b. <clears throat> but the first part of that chapter, the people wanted to stone him because he and his men were not there to protect him from the enemy that came and destroyed them and killed so many. But he, gave, he got strength from God. And they wanted to kill him because he wasn't there. Faith is... Uh, faith is your responsibility, not God's. Not the preacher's. Not your wife, your husband, your children. It's your own responsibility. You have to build your faith. give you strength in your faith. God has given you the tools. You need to develop strength, strong faith to the kind of faith that moves mountains, close lines, mouths. It even chases armies away with faith. God will do what he needs to do if you have the faith. It's not easy. That's in Hebrews 11, 33 and 34. <clears throat> when you, how do you build this kind of faith? By knowing the word of God, reading it again and again and again. Feed your, your faith. Just keep feeding it. 
Keep growing. You, your faith is a seed. You've got to water that seed by reading the word. And that bring, builds your faith. Habit number three, speak the word. Death and life are <clears throat> in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 8.21. You've heard it said that you are what you eat. I hope that's not true. That's kind of there. Obvious that I eat too much. But, but the Bible says you are what you speak. Matthew eleven twenty three. 23. If you speak evil of others, that makes you evil. If you speak only good to people, that makes you good. We've got to be careful on what you say to somebody. Or what don't about talking bad about people. Don't you know because somebody does something wrong, you don't have to spread it to the world. They're already living in shame. They know they did wrong because if they're a Christian, God's speaking to them already. They don't need you going around telling everybody, oh, I saw so-and-so at the club. Well, how'd you know they were at the club? You know it? I saw Nelson doing this. Well, how'd you know I was doing it? Where were you at? I mean, I wasn't at the club, though, so. I may have been dragging Broadway when I was a teenager, but I wasn't at the clubs. No matter what you face, whatever you're faced with, speak of healing, speak of blessings, speak forgiveness, speak peace. Speak the word of God again and again. Conf confess God's word in faith and it will change your life. Here are some steps to create good habits. One, recognize you have bad habits. Don't, don't live in denial. You're not perfect. You're not a soul in this building that's perfect. We're all sinners. The only difference is if you're saved by grace. But look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I happy? Am I healthy? Am Am I living my dreams? Well, if there's something wrong in your life, it's time to change it. It's time to see what God wants you to do. Next step is eliminate your targets. You know, you may have to quit something cold turkey. And that's not easy to do sometimes. But you got to get rid of those bad habits. You know, if you want to spend more time with your kids, cut that stupid TV off. Quit watching it. Spend time with your kids. Take them fishing. Take them camping. Go on, just go on a picnic with them. I spent all the time I could with my children. We went fishing all the time. We, they enjoyed that. Can't get them to go now, but we, we enjoyed all that. I spent all the time I could with my kids. My son was in RAs. I, was, I worked with RAs. My son was in Boy Scouts. I worked with the Boy Scouts. <clears throat> My daughter was a trainer at Lee. Well, we went to all the football games, went to the girls' softball games, the girls' volleyball games. We spent time together. In fact, 
when my kids were growing up, we had date nights. I took my son one night. We did things together, just the two of us. Then I had a date night with my daughter. We went somewhere. We went out to eat. We did stuff together. We spent time together because we wanted to because I needed to be with my kids. I needed them. You know, make it easy to get rid of those temptations and eliminate the things that are bad. <clears throat> decide to change is number three. You got to decide you want to change something. You got to be so sick of it, you got to get rid of it. You got to want to change. You got to want to have a difference in your life. It starts one day at a time, and each day, You've just got to keep going. That's step four. Keep going. Once you establish a good habit, like going to church, go every time, chance you get. I can't remember a time when I was a youth in church that I missed. I was there every time the doors were open because I didn't want to miss. I hated it when I had a job. And I had to miss. It almost killed me. Because I was so used to going to church every time the doors were open. I worked in the bus ministry children's church, whatever it took. And when I was got old enough and you have to start working for a living, making some money, you know, that's terrible. I hate working. I hate having to earn money because it's such a pain you miss out on so much but you got to keep doing it because if you don't you can't survive just remember habit you know good habits you feel stronger you're healthier you're happier and you get that victory over the evil Here are some good habits of a healthy spiritual life. Here's a question to ponder, though. <clears throat> How hard is it to die when you have so much wealth? People lay up treasures on earth. And they, they back away from it because they don't want to lose it to them death is loss when they die they have nothing people who lay their treasures up in heaven look forward to eternity they move toward their treasures and to them to die is gain they're looking forward to dying How can we stay spiritually healthy in our lives? God's Word teaches us eight habits that will keep us spiritually healthy until death. Wouldn't it be great to be robust spiritually? To be looking forward to heaven? This is in... Uh, these habits are found in, I can't even find my notes now, Psalms 116, verse 1. 
Believe in Him. You know, God's there watching you, listening, responding back to you in love. Verse 2, cry out to Him. Get used to telling God about your problems, about your fears. Share it with Him. He wants to hear it. He's there to help you. He's there to love you. He wants to hear from you, so don't be scared to tell Him what's going on. Verse 9, follow Him. Through your daily life, He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. Follow Him. Verse 13, drink Him. He is our cup of salvation. We thirst, and He also satisfies. Let Him... Let him into your life and meet your deepest needs. For, verse 14, obey him. Do what he says. Give in, submit to him. Because he's not going to let anything happen to you. He only wants the best for you. Serve him. Tell him that, say it out loud. Tell him that, that you're here. Give him, give him an offering. Make it an offering to God that you want to serve him and he'll use you. Verses 18 and 19, live for him. For now, on love his glory, talk of his blessings, come into his presence, worship and adore him. Make a plan for the rest of the year. Mirror what the Lord desires, and his desires are clearly laid out in his word. But you got to look for it. He's not going to say, Look, right here, look here, stupid, this is it. You've got to open your Bible. You've got to read it. You've got to search. Find everything that's good for your life because that's what God wants you to do. A key verse is 1 Timothy 4, 7. Paul says, You are to disciple yourselves toward godliness. You're to disciple yourself. You're to teach yourself by reading His Word. That's how you develop a godly habit. By searching God's word. Living for him. Giving him your all. And he'll be there for you. Brother Mark. Amen. That's good stuff, isn't it? Thank you, Brother Nelson. And I tell you what, the Lord will use you if you're willing to open your mouth and you're willing to stand up here. And that's not, it looks easy to stand up here, but any of you that think it is, we will make you a spot next week. Amen. It is not easy. Amen. And uh, Brother Nelson, great job. Thank you. Amen. 
I like those last, those last few. You know, we need to believe in him with our whole heart. We need to cry out to him. If you've never cried out to him, today would be an awesome day to cry out to him. Follow him. Decide that you're going to follow him and not the ways of the world. Uh, drink him in. Uh, the Bible says that he is literally the only one that can quench your thirst spiritually. And so you need to drink him in. You need to obey him. For the Bible says, for to obey is better than sacrifice. Amen. You need to serve him. Uh, give him your life. Don't hold anything back. You need to live for him. And you need to worship him. You know, when we worship something, that is not a small statement, is it? When you worship something, that means you are bowing down at it. And the Lord loves you, and he deserves our love. He deserves our obedience. He deserves our whole heart, doesn't he? You would bow your head and close your eyes. I want to give you an opportunity, as Brother Nelson has led us, that maybe, maybe there are some areas in your life, and you say, you know what, I, I need to work on those areas in my life, and I need to develop more godly habits. I got plenty of the other kind. I got plenty of the wrong kind, but I need to develop some godly habits. Amen. And maybe that's you today. Maybe, you, maybe you've never totally given yourself to the Lord. Or maybe you did a long time ago, but you haven't been living for him, and you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. I want to give you that opportunity today because the Lord says, I'm right here. The Lord is always standing with his arms wide open. So today... Just pray this prayer with me if you want to commit yourself to the Lord or recommit yourself to the Lord. Just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, and Lord, I need you. Lord, I believe you died on that cross for my sins and to pay for my sins. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and save me from myself. I want to give you my whole heart and my whole life. I commit myself to you and you alone, Jesus. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed. You prayed that prayer today as a prayer of salvation or maybe as a prayer of recommitment. Would you just lift up a hand? I want to pray for you. I just want to ask you if you're brave enough to just come stand down here and make that a public statement today that you're recommitting yourself to the Lord or you're giving yourself to the Lord for the first time. Just come on down here. If you're brave. just want to ask you again, we don't want to embarrass anybody. But we do want to uh, just, uh, you know, the, the word, word says that if uh, the Lord said that we should not be ashamed of him. He was not ashamed of us when he gave his life on the cross. And we should not be ashamed of him today. Brother Gary Curry comes today and he says, I want to recommit myself to the Lord. I want to commit myself to him. And uh, it takes a brave man to come up here and just stand in front of you and admit that. Amen. But uh, Gary came and he joined our church a few months ago. Uh, but today he called me on the phone this week and he said, you know what? I, I need to do more than what I'm doing. I need to stand stronger than where I'm standing. And so Gary comes today to recommit himself to the Lord. And I know that you're proud of him. And I know that you're proud of what he's doing today. And I want you to encourage him today. We're going to pray and uh, dismiss here in a moment. And I want Gary to stay right here. And I want you to come by and I just want you to encourage him. Uh, shake his hand, hug his neck, pray for, pray for him. Just give him some encouraging words. Listen, we need each other. Amen. We were not designed to do this alone. We were not designed to live this life alone. I need you. 
you need me. Just like um, Brother Nelson said in one of his points is that we need to tell somebody else we need to be accountable to one another. That's why the church is here. Can you, I'm going to talk to you at home. Can you watch it at home? Yes, but you need to come back here. Amen. It's not the same. We need to be together. God's people were designed to be together and to be with one another. Amen. So I want to tell you, if you're watching, I'm glad, so glad that you're watching, but come back to God's house. Amen. We need you here. Well, I'm going to dismiss us, and then I want you to come by and just encourage Brother Gary, all right? Brother Nelson, awesome job. Be sure and tell Brother Nelson uh, what a great job he did today. Amen. Father, we love you today. We thank you so much for loving us like you do. I thank you for Brother Gary. I thank you for his desire to just live for you more, to serve you more. And God, as we've heard this morning, Lord, may we just put aside the bad habits in our life, and may we desire to replace those with godly habits. May we desire to replace those by living more for you. Lord, we pray for those in our in our church family that are sick, that are not able to be with us today. Some are on the road traveling, coming back from spring break trips. And I just pray, God, you keep them safe. And Lord, we pray once again, would you fill this house? Would you bring people back into your house? Because we need one another. We need to be with one another, Father. God, help us to live for you this week. Let our lives change people and make a difference because somebody's watching us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Uh, Brother uh, Nelson, if you could, uh, can you handle, or, or Brother David, one of you guys. Uh, Brother David, you can handle the basket at the door. Uh, Brother David will have the offering basket back there and put your visitor's cards in there. And uh, we're so glad that you're here. And I want you to go have a great rest of your week. Come by and tell Brother Gary how much you love him, how much you're proud of him. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.